It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network for episode Lax Class 207. 207 episodes of Lax Class. This is it. Uh, big show lined up for you once again as our NLL season previews continue. Lots to talk about here this week on the podcast as I am joined, but the whole gang is here. Evan Schemenauer, Tino Farah, back in the chairs. Uh, fellas, welcome back to Lax Class. Tino, you feeling better? Yeah, in, in all honesty, I thought on Sunday that it that I was hungover. That's why, because I had some drinks on Saturday night, but it wasn't that many. So I just thought like maybe it's just I'm getting older and I can't handle my drinks that much. Mm. And then like Sunday afternoon comes around and Sunday evening comes around and I'm still feeling like just garbage. And then I've got to wake up at three in the morning on Monday for work. And I just still feels horrendous. So I call in, obviously had to text you the same thing. And then Tuesday, it still just didn't go away. So I think I had a bug, but I had an audition on Wednesday. So I was trying to make, I was like taking every vitamin in the world, taking every kind of medicine to try to make sure. So I still made it in time for that, but yeah. Audition, just, uh, fill, fill me in on this. What's, what's the additional? Uh, I'll tell you guys off the air if you guys want. No, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want, I don't want to share it on here yet. I don't want to talk myself out of it. Uh, <laughs> what, just like amateur <laughs> porn or something. What's going on? <laughs> Okay, Evan, how was your weekend? <laughs> all right, all right. Well, Evan, how was your weekend, Evan? No, I'm just really looking forward to this episode because it's it's the Vegas episode, right? It is. It's, uh, yeah, well, it's, let's, yeah. it's my second home. You know, it's uh, it's something that you know it's it's important to me. I care about the team, and it's I'm you know it's a tough one. You, you it's it's a tough situation because the expectation level of every expansion team in Vegas is so ridiculous after what the golden knights did which it's never going to get replicated but you think about it you know people are going to expect wins they're going to expect a competitive team and listen i'm looking up and down the roster here and i think vegas is going to be competitive guys like i i'm looking top to bottom when they field their their team they're going to be in the mix in a lot of games. Like they're they're not getting the wheels beat off them by any means. From what I'm looking at here, uh, especially with Willie behind behind the bench there calling the shots. Like we've seen what he can accomplish as a head coach as well. So yeah, like Evan said, uh, season previews continue here. Las Vegas and Georgia. We got to talk to John Arlotta, who is the owner and general manager of the Georgia Swarm. Love talking lacrosse with John Arlotta, and he doesn't do podcasts and interviews all that much, and sometimes i got to kind of coax him along to to do this one as well. But, you know, I said, John, like last, uh, John Arlotta is one of the most listened to episodes we've ever had. I think it was episode 99, Evan, I want to say, uh, for, for J.A., and he's just such a brilliant, smart, uh, astute man and and cares about his guys so much and uh, it really shines through when when you talk with him. So Sean, well, one of the more critical orders you think about it. Well, 
yeah. because he's he's what the guy that's in charge of the negotiating committee for the CBAs. And that's what he does outside of his work with the Swarm. Is uh, he's a he's a real tough negotiator, man, and and he's good at what he does. He's made a fortune off it, so uh, that that does not come as a surprise to me. Uh, anything else going on over the weekend? Well, Tino, you were sick. Evan, what what did you do? A couple soccer practices and. You're, you you're know playing, what? You're playing soccer or the kids? No, the kids. Vasilias. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, a lot of work to do there. Uh, you know, the age division changed. So we got some younger guys that are coming up through the system. And, you know what? I got a whole bunch of house repairs done. Honestly, that's what I okay. did. Before the snow hit us yesterday, you know, it was time to get them done. Do you guys want to, do you guys want a disc golf update before we go? <laughs> <laughs> come on let's hear it uh friday took a trip down to a little place called kayak point which is an actual disc golf resort pro shop like this is very rare nothing up here like this but pro shop three different courses on what was an actual ball golf course for for quite some time disc golf Stop took it over calling it no ball that's what golf. it's called tino <laughs> Um, so went down to this place and, and played the golds, played the tips, if you will, boys. And this thing ate me up. Like I'd never played a course like this before. I was well above par, like well above. It was about 20,000 steps to get around this thing. And it was hilly. It was hot and muggy. Not an enjoyable day, uh, but I'm going to go back and, and try to get some redemption because I wasn't too happy with the way the things went down there on Friday. Well, but uh, nonetheless, good day down there. Kind of. Well, did you did you do a Lyle Thompson two-gallon of water I intake? Did. Yeah, I got double barrels on, on the, the old golf cart there where uh, I can carry a couple of water, but they, they got punished. Like, I went through three... Three shirts, I think, couple hats as well. Like it was, it was a trek, man. It was, and I think it took it out of me. By the time I was like on to the, you know, thirteenth, fourteenth hole, I was like hungry and tired, and I was like, man, like it just, it was punishing. punishing. And no beer but, cart but, coming but around. No, but, but now I know what to expect going back. You can actually rent golf carts for for this course, which I've never seen before on any disc golf course. Should have invested the fourteen dollars, but I thought, no, I'm going to walk this baby, and that was that was a mistake. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so there you go. Sean Williams, John Arlotta coming up in quarters two and three. And we're doing something a little interesting this week here, guys. As you know, I've been talking about this for a little bit. Going on vacation starting on Saturday, heading for Cancun, Mexico. Can't wait. Um, looking forward to that. But so we've actually scheduled four interviews today. We're going to put two in the can. We'll talk to... Brad Self and uh, Kurt Styers uh, will be back on the podcast as well for episode 208. Tina will crank that thing out. I'm going to record from down in Mexico. Should be a lot of fun. So it's 208 will still happen, but we're going to do the interviews today, which shouldn't really matter. I don't think like we're kind of in the midst of it here anyway. So. We'll look forward to, to episode 208 uh, coming up here. Big big focus. Do you guys want to get into this right now? We might as well. Hey, time Let's for the big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. This is the big focus. Big focus. Focus. The little big focus.
Big focus. Why does nobody else do the big focus right. when I'm Evan, not here? Evan doesn't play along, and uh, <laughs> I've convinced you to do it, and now I'm not going to let you not do it. So that's uh, you got suckered into it, Tino. It's okay. I appreciate your participation. Big focus brought to you by Rycor Construction. Thanks for the reminder, Farah. Uh, they make it stand out at Rycor over 15 years of experience in interior, exterior renovations. Fences, decks, my good, that could, that was almost a bad slip right there. Uh, fences, decks, kitchens, bathrooms, flooring, quality craftsmanship, exceptional client experience. RycorConstruction.ca, get the testimonials up there on the website. Nothing but glowing reports coming from Rycor Construction on the work and craftsmanship that people have experienced there. So uh, check them out. If you need a little renovation, good time to do it. Call up Rycor. Sponsors of the Big Focus this week. Big Focus is, I can't believe this. The NLL futures are out already here, fellas. And our good friends at CoolBet have uh, put up the odds for NLL futures. Evan, I know you laid down a little cake already. You came through, true Mm -hmm. to your word, and uh, put some money down on the Toronto Rock to win it all. At plus, what you got him at? Plus seven hundred. Plus seven hundred. I'm shocked that they're that high, because you think about it, there's what fifteen teams, so average should be about plus fifteen hundred. But Toronto, I you know, as good as they are, I would have thought they'd been closer to about a plus four hundred. So to see them there was like absolutely right now. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to take a look at this, coolbet.com. Stay cool. Bet responsibly. Talk more about cool bet in lax class locks, but uh, just type in NLL or lacrosse, and the NLL features will come up right there. San Diego Seals, the overall favorite to win it all after signing Kevin Crowley and Curtis Dixon, Doby back for another year, Brody back for another year, Frankie coming off a man cup run there with the Thunder, that defense another year older. Is Austin Stotts at full health going into this year? I. A lot of things going right for the San Diego Seals and the odds makers at CoolBet saying the Seals are the favorites to win it all at plus 600. Uh, that's not really that surprising, though, I don't think. With their like the star-studded offense that you just named everybody, like uh, it's not really that surprising to me. The surprising one to me is Calgary being plus 2,000 so far down. I know, obviously, they lost Dixon, but they still got a lot of quality on that team, plus arguably the best goalie in the league. Plus, they're one of the best coach teams in the league, I would Championship say. Championship experience, right? They've got, they've climbed the mountain. A lot of guys on that team know how to get it done. Absolutely. And I think, like, after the summer that Hayden Dixon had, uh, pair that up with Jesse King. You know, Zach Courier is going to do his thing as well. Like, I, I, I'm surprised that I'm surprised to find Calgary a plus 2,000. And, and some guy named Del Bianco and Matt, right? That can always steal a game or yeah. two. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, th- that one was a surprise. Now, the Seals being plus 600 also is a factor of the beast that is the East. The Seals probably have a better chance of making the final, right? So that's that factors into it a bit. You know, when you look down the scale, so, I mean, it's San Diego plus 600, Toronto 700. And then the two teams Colorado, that were in the finals Buffalo, last year, right? At Colorado and Buffalo, both at plus seven fifty. Good odds for those two. And listen, Halifax is Saskatchewan at nine hundred. I'm surprised. I think the one that surprised a lot of people was the Riptide at twelve hundred. That high. They didn't make the playoffs last year, yes, but 
the Jeff Teat factor is definitely playing a factor into those odds. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm a little surprised. Well, I mean, Buffalo, they're always going to be in the mix, especially with that roster and, and Vino and goal and, and Colorado defending champions. It's crazy that the defending champs would be the fourth team on the list, even though they're tied with Buffalo there. Saskatchewan, another team that missed the playoffs at plus 900, kind of middle of the pack. But, yeah, I think the Riptide are are the biggest eye-opener there at plus 1,200, kind of right smack in the middle. You got the Nighthawks, so you want to take a flyer on this here, fellas, plus 7,500. <laughs> well, uh, and a couple of the other shockers here, I think Philadelphia plus 1,400 set a lot of people back that it was that high. Mm-hmm. Right, like like it's a team that's going to contend. Albany, of course, with the roster changes, has fallen all the way down to plus two thousand. So a, a few steps be above Vancouver and Las Vegas. Yeah, I still but think even this... with Calgary that yeah can't see Albany being as good of a team as Calgary. I just can't. I might just like bet two bucks on every single team. <laughs> okay, so then you're guaranteed to lose again. Well, how? Is that is that possible? Yes. <laughs> so that doesn't work. I don't Did know. I think, just leave the betting, Devin. I think there's yeah, we might have to do that. I think there is um, some value there to be had. Like I like I think like you mentioned, Calgary, where maybe worth a little sprinkle. Philadelphia, Halifax. I know is still with championship. I mean, and you think about it, and some of these teams that made the playoffs and did not advanced like Halifax was so close to beating Toronto and Toronto was so close to beating Buffalo like I just don't think there is a whole lot it's a goal here a goal there and you could be making a lot of money if you put some down on some of these teams well in Saskatchewan being a plus 900 combination of a their past excluding last year but the fact that towards the end of last season they were on a heater all right, so there you go. Get on CoolBet.com. Check out the NLL futures, and more odds will be going up, courtesy of CoolBet, all season long. And uh, time to get back in the wheelhouse for lacrosse here. Just uh, over a month away, games get going early December. I cannot believe it, man. Like four, I think four weeks of training camp is just going to scream by, and the season is going to be upon us in no time. Some teams start this weekend. Damn right they do, Evan, and I am here for it. Uh, Speaking of here, next quarter, the man will be here. It is Sean. No, we can. Let's do Willie first. Sean Williams of the Las Vegas Desert Dogs coming up in quarter two. EP two oh seven NLL season previews next. This is the voice of the Halifax Thunderbirds, Pete Dalladay, and you're listening to Lax Class. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Into the second quarter we go, which is brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western, where uh, Storm Riders, Blundstones, Wranglers, what else do we got here, courtesy of Stampede Tack and Western, where Australian-made redback boots. How about the Canadian-made cowboy boots? Not just Blundstones there at Stampede Tack. Work boots, cowboy boots, Blundstones, every kind of boot you could imagine. Carhartt, Wrangler, they got them all. 
and just a massive wall to peruse up and down. Or get online, stampede.ca, where Shopping Online is still shopping local. And check out Stampede Tack and Westerwear's massive selection of boots as they continue to sponsor NOL season previews here. And this is our first time getting to preview the Las Vegas Desert Dogs. Get used to saying that as we welcome the general manager, NOL Hall of Famer, Sean Williams, back to the podcast. Willie, thanks for doing this. Uh, appreciate you coming back on. And uh, man, oh man, training camp just around the corner. How fired up are you to get the Desert Dogs out there running and gunning? And it's 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 unbelievable, huh? you know, the process. And it's it's finally here. Like the old, we are coming in hot. Well, we're here. We come right. It's uh, it's game on now. Well, and it seems like you know, it seems like such a long time ago that Vegas was introduced, and then you know, we kind of caught wind. Is it going to be Sean Williams? And then you get announced. But then it was like, okay, the season's still the draft. We still, but it's finally here, man. Like the wait has been a long one, but here we are almost ready to, to fire off the, the start line. Kind of looking up and down the roster here, and I was saying off the top, like, I like the way this roster is looking when a lot of bodies from top to bottom here, but when you whittle it down and kind of start plugging in holes, you got to like what you're looking at. Uh, absolutely. You know, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I think uh, our staff did a great job of uh... – you know, identifying the type of player we wanted, and obviously you got to get some luck involved with that. But uh, no, it's been uh, great. We're we're very excited to to get this group together and to to have them battle it out for to, you know those twenty one spots. You know, I was talking to the guys at the front office uh, last week, and they've now surpassed two thousand t- season ticket sales. Every time that they seem to put out a release of single game tickets, they sell out. You know, uh, you know, when I was down there with you in July, they had, what, 300 kids show up for a lacrosse camp. They even had to move the season ticket holder event because there was not enough space for everybody. What? How do you like the vibe that's happening down in Vegas right now? It's, it's, it's been amazing. You know, it's, uh, <clears throat> you know, definitely when you, you picture Las Vegas, um, you know, the strips there, right? But it's, uh, it is definitely a small town kind of feel and it's perfect for our sport, I believe. And, uh, you know, they just love to, they seem to just love to support, uh, you know, all teams and all different types of teams. And, uh, you know, they've taken us in and, you know, we're hope to, you know, in a few months here, show them why they're, uh, why they're excited and uh, to actually get this, get to see the guys on the floor and play in the game. Um, you know, that's going to be uh, great. And hopefully we can just keep adding, uh, adding some fans as we go. Can I go a little fanboy here for a second? Like, have you met 99 and, and Nasher and DJ and, and all those guys well, yet, Willie? Yeah. I, you know, it'd be a greater, better story if I said yes, but okay. uh, I'll be, I'll be, I'm a truthful guy. No, they'll um, be there on the home you know, opener, I, though, right? Like I got no he, doubt about that. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. And uh, you know, the the greatest thing, great best thing, though, is that uh, I've had the pleasure of uh, getting to meet uh, Joe yeah. and uh, Joe Sai, and he's uh, such an incredible supporter of lacrosse and uh, his passion and and you know, commitments all all uh, all lacrosse is amazing. So uh, we're very lucky. That, that was actually going to be my next question was about your guys' ownership group. But specifically, I was going to ask if they've just kind of handed you the keys to the car and said, go do what you got to do. Or have they have any of them had any input uh, for what you've got going on so far? Oh, I, yeah, I think like anything, you know, it's, uh, you know, through through um, just the you know, trickle down effect. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been granted a pretty good, uh, <clears throat> you know, some leeway here. And, uh, 
you know, I, I think with our ownership group, uh, you know, they're, they're able to open some doors and it's, you know, now it's up to, up to the lacrosse side to keep those doors open with the, with the product we put on the floor. And that that's what we're uh, aiming for and looking to do is just uh, keep those doors open and open some more as well. Here with general manager, Sean Williams of the Vegas desert dogs. And like I said, I'm looking up and down this roster here and, and I'm kind of wondering what the philosophy was, Sean, you know, to build from the goalie out defense out, were you looking for, you know, some, some key pieces on offense and then some filler around it. What was the general philosophy when you were building this roster? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I think if you, you know, in, in my opinion, if you, if you kind of pigeonhole yourself in a, in a certain way, I think we just really looked at, especially the expanding draft. Okay. Like, you know, you just kind of went team by team and then slowly the puzzle pieces kind of shifted and, uh, and changed up a bit. And then uh, you get some trades involved and we are able to, you know, add some draft picks as well to, to, to help, um, you know, store the cupboards. Um, you know, so honestly, it just was kind of uh, an eclectic kind of way we looked at it. But, uh, you know, obviously, we're, we're, we went with some young goaltending. I think, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to you know, like kind of follow the Panther City mile there. They were successful that way in New York, young goaltending. So I think, I don't know, you know, obviously, it's, uh, you know, you, you, you got to go through it and you, you hope they do well. Um, you know, and then it was just getting a mix of, uh, getting a mix of some uh, up and coming young guys with a, with some uh, veteran guys and uh, actually, you know, adding in some American born players. I think that's, uh, that was a very important for us, especially starting a, a new program in the, in the, you know, state of Nevada and Las Vegas itself, uh, you know, hoping to show the, the youngsters, uh, the young boys and girls that are uh, playing lacrosse right now that, uh, you know, if you're born in America, you can get to this, this level. So, uh, you know, that was a big part of it. And obviously, you know, not just taking them because, they're American, they're, you know, quality players and uh, quality people. So it's a, uh, you know, and that's the biggest one too, was just making sure we got uh, a bunch of quality uh, guys to help build this. You did move a lot of draft capital to get the likes of, you know, Rob Hellier and Reed Reinhold. You know, you gave up some decent uh, young talent to get Jake Rue in there. Given the, I guess the, the level that the Golden Knights set, for that team and you know the success of the aces in town is there an expectation that's maybe higher than normal given what vegas is used to well i i well obviously the obvious answer would be yes i think just based on what the the gold fights did and uh you know i you know to say you want to go match that that'll be tough to do but you know (laughs) it's pretty unrealistic uh, though willie (laughs) yeah (laughs) absolutely so we you know you know we we didn't uh i thought we did a good job of kind of holding on to those you know, draft picks and just kind of waiting to see how um, the rest of our team unfolded. And as it was unfolding and, and we were able to kind of start adding some of those veteran guys. And then, you know, you have to take a chance sometimes. And, uh, you know, we, it just worked out and we got the, we got Hellier in there and, uh, and like anything in uh, in life, uh, you know, you take chances. And uh, I think the reward for us of getting Hellier was a, a good chance to take. And, uh, you know, just getting a, that, another veteran in there that, uh, you know, the biggest thing is in this league is scoring goals and Rob Hellier can score goals. So that's uh, yes, you know, it's a big can. addition for us. Yes, he can. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you about Marshall King. Cause he's obviously a guy that you picked up in the expansion draft. And I know he didn't play last season, but um, are, are you expecting him to be playing for you guys this season? And, and what do you like about his game? Yeah. I, so we, yeah, the expectation is he'll be there. It's uh, everything's looking good. Um, you know, he didn't play very many games, but you know, it's all part of being a young guy. And I think, uh, you know, looking at the team you're on with a veteran group, um, 
you know, we were excited to get him. I think there, he has a ton of upside and obviously it worked out that we picked him up and he had a, uh, you know, a career summer and he you know, got to play with, you know, actually, you know, partnered up with Jacob Rue, which is huge. Right. And they have added chemistry right away. So that's uh that was a big bonus for us for sure. But I uh, know we're, we're very excited to get Marshall and uh, you know, have him, uh, you know, trying to make, have a, get a mainstay spot in this league. Yeah, a lot of things going on in Marshall's life off the floor too, which I think kind of took away from his game last year, That which I think will, you know, he can focus up this season coming into a, a brand new situation. Uh, looking at a couple of guys here, Willie, that, that haven't been around the NLL loop in a little bit. Conrad Chapman, Ilya Geich, who is one of my all-time faves, which is going to be fun to, to see him get back out there. And, and he was looking pretty good in the summer as well. Um, you get Tyson Rowe picked up from Vancouver. John Phillips, another guy that had a really good summer that can shoot the heck out of it. Torper out of San Diego. Um, so like you said, you know, a lot of young guys on this team, but some established guys, Turbo, Garrett McIntosh, some guys that have been around this league as well that know how to get it done. Absolutely. You know, and obviously being a Western-based team, you know, a, a big focus was us was, uh, you know, getting guys from the, from the West Coast. It's just that... Uh, it's a tough grind on, on guys. And, uh, you know, for the most part of Eastern guys, if you're able to kind of live there, at least keep a part-time live in the, in the area, it's a little easier on it, but, uh, you know, so that was definitely a, a high focus for us. And obviously, you know, all the names you just mentioned, uh, high quality players, high quality people. And that was, again, the biggest thing, uh, for us, especially going into camping, you know, you know, you, you mentioned Ilya, like what, what a, what a guy, what a player. Vegas you know, going to like that guy. Vegas is going to like that guy, Willie. Oh, absolutely. Like, who wouldn't? So, you know, we, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, he just wanted a shot. And I said, let's, let's go. Like, what's, what's, what's the worst that can happen, right? You're going to, you're going to play well, you know, like, let's go. Well, and sticking to your, your Western flavor, you go out and, and get your defensive coordinator and Sato and Rob Williams, um, you know, a, a champion with the Calgary Roughnecks and, Tell me how this this came about, and, and tell me about your old guy too, because I don't know how. I think you spent some time with him in Rochester, but tell me how how you landed on on both your assistants. Yeah, on, you know, obviously uh, Rob was a, a huge addition for us, especially with uh, you know myself and uh, most of the staff is usually Eastern based. It's like or who you kind of connect with, but uh, getting getting the chance to coach in, in Colorado and seeing that. The need for uh, you know having mostly those Western guys. I said it was important that we get a Western guy, and it just happened. Uh, you know, I just reached out and uh, wasn't sure what happened in Calgary, and just kind of you know I reached out. We've been friends since you know 1998. We played on the Ontario Raiders together. I and, remember uh, the always, Raiders, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've always remained in, remained in contact, and you know, obviously we're we share the same name, and uh, so we've always been brothers that way. And a uh, huge addition for us and uh, his passion, um, you know, and his brains for the game are, on, you know, second to none. And uh, we're, we're, we're so, you know, happy and uh, excited to have him as part of the staff. And then, uh, you know, Kenny Millen, uh, again, he's a, an original Toronto Rock with the Ontario Raiders as well. You know, we went to we went to Brock, played lacrosse at Brock together and uh, Toronto, Rochester. So, you know, we've been best friends for you know, since university and, uh, you know, he's a guy that's, uh, he won three Minto cups in, uh, in Orangeville, you know, he won three, four cups with Toronto. I don't know the exact number, but he won Rochester. He's just a winner and, uh, his passion and love and, uh, for the game is, is, is you know, he just exudes it. And, uh, you know, I think he was, it's going to be a great fit for, uh, 
you know, just keeping it keeping it light up front and uh, getting the best out of these guys. I can't shortchange uh, Curtis Wagner either. Uh, you got to got to get a little mention in here for Wags, your goalie coach. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Wags, he, uh, you know, I coached him at Brock as well, and then we got to play together uh, on, on Buffalo. So you know, the the full circle of life, and uh, you know, he's a Kelowna boy now, and uh, it was a good fit for him just to get on a on a flight with some of those guys and get down there. And uh, you know, I think it's. A, one of those things in our league where some teams have them and some teams don't and for whatever reason, but I, I you know, I was definitely wanted to have a, a goalie coach. Yeah. That's, that's not just, a headache. Uh, you need talking to the goalies on a regular basis. You know, <laughs> they need that too, right? It's like, yeah, exactly. It's uh, you know, it's, I think they, they need it. And there's sometimes they're forgotten about, they're just left on to their own vices. And it's like, no, let's, let's try to take, let's do the best we can to take care of everybody's needs and uh, try to get the best out of these guys. One of the things that's come up in some of our uh, prior team previews is the concept of the Vegas flu and GMs telling us from other teams that they're taking steps necessary to try to avoid this massive home floor advantage that uh, that Vegas gets because of it. In your case, though, some of these guys are flying in. Some of these players, they'll be coming to Vegas for the first time when they come to camp. How does the home team address it? Yeah, we got, uh, we're hoping to get some of that out of our system uh, during training camp. Uh, you know, it'd be nice to have all our camps there just to really get it out. But, you know, the way it is and for your scrimmages and stuff, you have to set up different things. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll have enough hours. We'll let the guys have some fun and uh, get, get some sightseeing in and, and whatever they do. And, uh, yeah, you know, we, 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 we got to, you know, first and foremost, uh, you come in a, we come into Vegas and it's it's business and we hope that it's uh yeah, win, pleasure for win and then team. have fun after Willie. Eh? Like, I mean, that's Absolutely. gotta be, yeah. Win and then have fun. It's good. It's definitely a lot more fun after a win. Right. As we all know. Uh, how much communication have you been able to have with, with, I mean, your entire roster so far, if at all, or, or are you kind of saving it for the start of training camp in a few weeks here? Yeah, we just, uh, you know, it's, you know, kind of like, uh, some of the blanket emails or blanket texts, but I just, I try to make sure, you know, I'm texting guys here and there. Uh, we, we stayed away from the zoom. Um, you know, I think it's, you know, right or wrong. I don't know what the, what the actual magic formula is, but it's just, uh, I think, you know, I really wanted these guys to spend as much time and not worry about us until, uh, until camp. Cause you know, once camp starts, it's, it's, you know, it's a 24 seven job for these guys. So it's like, uh, you know they're excited. I know they're they're on their own group chats uh, right away. They were all as guys were coming in, and um, you know we were getting you know some of our players were reaching out for their for the new guys' numbers. So you knew they were taking care of it. And that's and that's having those veterans on there and that leadership group. You know they're that part of it, and you know it can't always be <clears throat> coach driven, right? It, the, this is a player driven league, and uh, you get guys that know how to do it that are professionals, and I don't I don't have a worry there. And uh, once we get to camp in Oakville on Friday, it'll be. You know, it's it's going to be an instant kind of family right there. A little bit more time here with the GM of the Desert Dog, Sean Williams. And you just mentioned Oakville. You're going to spend a little time in Oakville. But you're also heading to Aguasasne to uh, play some exhibition games. I believe San Diego and Halifax going to be a part of that as well. And I'm sure you've been down to the sauce before, Willie. But for a guy that just had a chance to experience it for the first time a while ago, this is a super cool place to, to go and experience oh. a training camp. Absolutely. Very special. Obviously the history of, of our sport, but just the, you know, that, that arena itself, it's such an amazing thing to, to play in. And, uh, I was fortunate enough to play 
well, fortunate and unfortunate to play play there sometimes. Yeah, we had some right. really uh, yeah. Heated, yeah, yeah. heated battles back in the, you know back in the two thousands there when they had uh, they had a pretty good team there and uh, lots of fun. And I think our, our group will uh, really enjoy it and uh, you know the setup and uh, just the excitement around it. I think uh, will be fun. I know they got some camps and clinics they're doing. So I think uh, from what I gathered, you know it's going to be some pretty good crowds for these guys to play uh, and you know and try out. Oh, it's going to be sold uh, out. It'll be sold out, Willie. Uh, Don't kid yourself. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, what what an amazing kind of cool experience for a training camp, right? And uh, I like to see these guys leave it all on the floor because then obviously you're you're already getting the into getting making some uh, making some hard you know some hard decisions and uh, nothing better want. than you know ha- having an atmosphere just so they, they can lay it on the floor and have no excuses, right? You mentioned earlier your young goaltending staff. I mean, you got Landon Kells who you got in the expansion draft, and you know a guy with a boatload of talent who's just unfortunately playing behind one of the best goaltenders in the game didn't get a whole lot of floor time you got joel watson who was a bit of a baptism by fire last year in rochester where their two their two starters went down and he had to come in and uh and steer the ship yeah i guess what's your philosophy are you looking to have a bona fide number one on starting day are you looking to split time what's your what's your hope you know i think i think that'll happen organically i think you know they the both of those guys know it's just kind of like come in and and just battle just like the players do they have to all battle each other it's like you know what nothing's different for these guys and uh you know um again hopefully it's uh you hope they're both you know in a situation where i have to make that hard decision on who's starting game one that would be the best for all, all of us right um and uh i think they just know you just you just it's based on uh you know, obviously, based on who who's going right away, uh, I think I don't I don't think we're gonna. You know, I definitely I'm I'm open minded to seeing what happens and uh, just to let them uh, let them see uh, who kind of rises to the top. We talked to Dan Carey a few weeks ago here on the pod, and and kind of he walked us through his point of view and his mindset on on the trade to acquire the number one overall pick and. On the flip side, Willie, I would, you know, I maybe ask you, what was the decision for you to move down in the draft? You get a real good player in, in Dylan Watson, maybe a guy that you were targeting that you knew you could get at, at number two, and kind of set yourself up for for maybe a future pick, if you know what I'm saying. Absolutely, um, you know, it's again, you know, obviously getting any time you can get a chance to get an extra pick in a round and a high level pick is it's, it's huge, but, uh, I'll be honest. Um, once, once Charlie Bertrand became involved in the trade, I was, I was really excited. Uh, that first game I went to in, uh, in, in Rochester against Buffalo and, uh, you know, he split two, two really good defensemen to go in and score. I think he was on man down. I'm like, this kid, uh, this kid could play. So I was, uh, you know, I went down to four or five Rochester games, uh, live last year and uh he just always amazed me and uh you know that was just to, to to get him was a huge piece of the puzzle and then obviously you know um you got dylan watson and then we got another another pick coming in next year so i think uh i think both teams did well and uh you know so we were happy with it shit i just realized i probably should have started off with this congrats on the minto cup championship hey, man. what a minto cup that was willie like i you know, as far as a four-team Minto Cup goes, like I don't think we've seen anything close to what that tournament was. And I just want to say this, man: like listening to each and every one of your players get interviewed after that that series and that championship game, you were were the first word 
out of their mouth about, you know, what who who helped you win this champ? It was you. It was Sean Williams. I can't thank Sean Williams enough. I don't know what it is that you say or you do with those young kids, Willie, but I'm sure you're going to kind of try and instill that same sort of culture in here with the Desert Dogs. Am I right on that? Uh, you know what? I just, uh, you know, I whether I'm coaching six-year-olds or uh, 36-year-olds, I, I, I just, I'm the same way. And, uh, you know, I played that way, and I so I haven't changed that. And so, you know, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But, uh, you know, the biggest thing is just uh, – getting the guys to play for each other. And that's the most important thing. And, you know, I thought our guys did, and, uh, they battled through and we hit some adversity and, uh, you know, kudos to all the teams at the Minto. It was unbelievable. And, uh, you know, obviously we're just glad that, uh, you know, we, we finished on top. Well, I know the city of Whitby is uh proud as punch, uh, for you and, and those warriors. So congrats on that. Uh, yeah, no problem. Thank you. All right, good luck with awful. the Desert Dogs. There he was, general manager of the Vegas Desert Dogs. They're going with that classic uh, black and white, uh, little Brooklyn Nets flavor to the uniforms there. And I'm telling you, this team is going to be a team to be reckoned with come come the season here when I'm looking at this roster. He's going to put the right guys in the right spots. And if I believe in anybody that's going to get a franchise, an expansion franchise off the ground, it's Sean Williams. You know, I've I've been to several Golden Knights games over their time there in Vegas, and the one thing that's a common denominator there is the thing that gets that crowd electrified is a big hit during the game, right? There is nothing more than those Golden Knights fans that are going to love watching lacrosse. And, I mean, if you are an NLL fan and you have the ability to get down there on December 16th, you are going to be in for a show. We're talking something that is like Glitz, a Vegas production. Glamour. Right. And if you can't make it for that game, try and get down there for any other game. Like I said, it's the Vegas. Golden Knights, the Golden Knights put on three times the show that any other NHL arena I've seen. And they're taking that model with them to this team. So get out there and go go take a look. And Evan's got a free spare room if you want to crash in the Sheminauer <laughs> show. A little off the strip, but uh, you can you can make your way down there. All right. Uh, great conversation with Willie. Halftime is upon us. We got the owner and general manager of the Georgia Swarm coming up next. John Arlotta will join us next year in Lacrosse Classified. We're back after this. This is Joey Capito of the Colorado Mammoth, and you're listening to Lax Class. Welcome back to Lax Class as we move into the third quarter of episode 207. 207, third quarter action brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. We've talked Blundstones, we've talked Storm Rider jean jackets, we got to talk a little Wrangler. Because Stampede Tack and Western Wear is Canada's largest Wrangler dealer. Nobody else gets to say that except Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Men, ladies, kids, jeans, shirts, hats, they got boots. They got it all, all Wrangler, all the time, Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. I don't know if this man has any Wrangler or not, as we welcome John Arlotta, the owner and general manager of the Georgia Swarm, back to the podcast. John, I was saying off the top that, 
you're always one of our favorite conversations because you don't really do a whole lot of things like this, um, public interviews, especially lacrosse ones, but you make time for us here on Lax Class, which we're, we're ever so grateful for. Plus, you are, I don't know if you know that, if I've ever told you this, but you are, I think, the second most listened to episode in our, our podcast history, episode 99 way back when. Well, well, Jake, first of all, thank, thanks for having me. And you know that uh, there's a special place in my heart for you personally, given uh, some of the things that we did over the years. And I'm always happy to, to help you. I don't know what that means that the, I had a lot of people listening. Maybe, maybe they thought I might finally say something interesting. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I find it all interesting. I find it all interesting, John. So, um, and, and so do the listeners. How are you, man? Well, welcome back to Lax Class here. Where, what are you doing? Are you hanging out down in South Carolina right now? Where, where's John Arlotta find himself? Yes, uh, between here and uh, Notre Dame during this uh, fall season. So uh, football season takes me to Notre Dame, and I gives me a chance to watch some fall ball too. Yeah, uh, so that's that's been fun seeing the Notre Dame team come together and in uh, in lacrosse, and also the football team starting to come together. Too, well, I was so. going to say new coach there for the football team, right? Uh, how are the Fighting Irish? Like I've been keeping up on my college football. How are how's how's Notre Dame looking? Well, we're we're four and three right now. Not not where we expected to be, but he is an awesome man, an awesome coach. Uh, I'm really excited about our new coach and and give him a little bit of time and the recruiting that he does. Um, and the kinds of players that he brings in, I'm sure that he's going to have us going here very shortly the way we want to go. Of course, the big off-season news really at the Swarm was the retirement of Mike Boone. Over time, you've invested a fair amount of draft capital, finding a backup, you know, finding an eventual successor. And there's, you know, if you look around the league, a couple of those guys are starters elsewhere, a couple are backups elsewhere. Are you happy with the end result? And I guess, was there anything you might have done differently over the time? Well, no, not, not really. I don't think so. Um, and it's a really good question. Oh, John, I can't believe you just did that. We Sorry, <laughs> we have a little uh, good, great question thing. If you get one of those, you get a little ding. So you just gave Evan one of those before you gave me one. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll be more careful not to use that unless you're asking the question. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> So it, it is a good question, though, because there's, you know, there's different philosophies on how to do this. But goaltending is so ultra important, as we all know, in our game. And to me, um, as I think both of you know, we use uh, the draft to build our team. And then we supplement uh, occasionally um, as, as we can with a player that, that might kind of get us over the top that's more of a veteran. Mike Pullen was a great example of that. And we were very fortunate to get Mike in, in free agency. We had a need. He came to Georgia and we won a championship. However, you realize uh, with goaltending being as, being as important as it is that you need, I think, virtually every year uh, to take a look at, at somebody. And, and look, although some of these goaltenders have gone elsewhere, not, not because we wanted them to, but because that's the way the league is set up if they're on your practice roster. Uh, it's hard to protect them. You can do it as a protected player for one year, but after that, you can no longer uh, hold their rights. So with Mike really leading the way, we didn't have much opportunity for some of the guys that we drafted to actually be in a position where we could retain them. Stephen Orleman was a great example of that. 
Um, and that year kind of hurt us because Kevin moved on to Panther City and we thought Stephen would be our next guy in. Um, and it didn't work out that way. However, I, I still think it's the right thing to do. And at a minimum, we get to meet these guys. We get to spend some time with them. We get to self-evaluate. We get to, you know, see what their character is like. We get to see what they're like in the locker room. So it's not all a lost cause. And uh, down, down the road, uh, I, I think you'd have to say we draft pretty well because these guys end up on other teams if they don't stay with us. But down the road, we know who they are, and they know who we are, and they know the kind of organization that we run should we get into a situation like we had when we brought Mike Poulin in. So uh, I still think it's the right thing to do. I wouldn't change anything, and I'm happy for their success. And hopefully some of that success came from being with us uh, with the Swarm. And honestly, John, you never know what's going to happen down the road. Like, it can always come back full circle on you as well. A guy gets a little later in his career, like a Mike Pullen, wants to win a championship, knows what his time was like in Georgia, and says, you know what, I'm going to go back there because that was a place I was comfortable in. I know the culture and all the rest of it, and, and they feel good about making that decision, whether it be five or six or seven years later. Yeah, well said. Um, you said it better than I did, Jake, actually. Well, Is that a compliment that gets a ding or what? You know, <laughs> so just to clarify here, you got Wendy the Tendy. You, you went out and signed Dustin Hill, who – I had a chance to watch in the President's Cup, John, really impressed me with, with his goaltending prowess. And then the, the drafting of Brett Dobson, who was far and away clearly the top goaltender in that draft, and, and you go out and get him pretty early. you gotta, you got to like that mix uh, that you have there, a guy with some NLL experience, a guy that's pushing to get to the NLL, and a guy that's a, a highly touted draft pick that you know you're getting a pretty solid one in, in Dobson as well. Yeah, and, and Jake, just to show how I feel about this goaltending, question we also in the trade for andrew andrew q brought yeah. in ethan woods there you go yeah um, however to be fair to ethan uh we didn't know that we'd be able to get brad dobson and to be fair to ethan we gave him an opportunity to to go out west and and play i just didn't feel like it would be fair for him to come in and have to compete in those circumstances so uh, he's got his opportunity to go out west now but we're we're really really happy with where we sit obviously um Craig is is a guy that uh, we know we know well. He's been with us for a while. When he did get a chance to play last year, he played very well for us. And and uh, he's a veteran. He's been there um, and he knows what it takes to win. Um, getting Brett in the draft uh, was really what we had hoped for and what we targeted. Uh, we did trade away uh, a pick that would have gone uh, a little bit earlier. But when I looked at the draft and what I was guessing other teams might need, um, I guessed in this case, guessed correctly, I guess, that uh, that he would be available um, at our pick. And, and he was. And then uh, Dustin picking him up in the offseason, um, like you, I was watching him and watching closely and Actually, I talked to him uh, during his draft year and, and, and really liked Dustin as a person. And uh, so it was an easy call to make to Dustin to say, hey, do you want to come and, and compete for the Swarm? And, um, and he's excited to come in as well. So, yes, we've got three goalies that we are really happy with um, and excited about where we're going. And we gave one a chance that maybe some other teams wouldn't have done by, by releasing him early so that he could go – Catch on. With I know. Team. Vancouver was real happy to, to snap him up, John. I can tell you that. Yeah. Yep. For sure.
Uh, I'm glad you brought up your your trade with Albany in, uh, in the offseason there because I wanted to ask you about it. You touched on Ethan Woods a little bit there, but what, what do you know about Andrew Q and, and how do you think he's going to benefit to your team? Well, um, I know a lot about him now. I've had a good chance to uh, get to, to meet him, and I had talked to him during the draft. Um, and uh, although I knew that he wouldn't fall to us in his draft year, but I wanted to get to know him back then. And uh, just a great young man, um, lives down in uh, Tampa now, um, and so it's uh, a lot closer to uh, Atlanta. But really excited to have him. He's you know, obviously a big kid on the left side with a great Special. scoring touch. And, um, you know, maybe maybe we lacked a little size over there. Uh, maybe lacked a little scoring there last year that put more pressure on Shane or actually put the other teams in a position where they could watch him a little more closely than they had in prior years. So I think it's going to be really, really great move for us. We're really excited to have him. And um, turns out, and I, I knew this in advance, he's played with virtually every guy on our offense, either in the summer leagues uh, in box or the summer leagues in, in field. So they're all very familiar with one another, in, including Ryan Lanchberry. Yeah. Uh, they played together in, in junior. So excited about it. Now, can we, correct me if I'm wrong. Has Lanchbury even stepped out on the turf yet, or is this going to be his, his rookie campaign coming off of, col- of college? Yeah, this is his rookie campaign. Okay, yeah. so you're yeah. looking, I mean, he was a high, high pick for you as well. You got the, the veteran there in, in Jordan Hall. You know what you're getting out of, out of Jacko and, and Q, of course, uh, you know, right there in the top of his draft class as well. Um, so good mix happening on that left side. And another guy you went after and drafted here that I had a chance to watch all summer is Deo Sindate McCumber, John. I don't know if you Deo Sindate McCumber. No, I uh, just call him T. Okay. Just call him T. <laughs> All right, fair, fair <laughs> enough. Um, this guy's going to grind and, and run through walls for you. I'm excited to, to see him get his shot here with the Swarm. And I look at it all, like youth, veteran, size, skill, speed. He got it all on that left side now. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think this was a, a major move for us. And, um, and and so we're really excited about the left side. And on the right side, look, we've got uh, with Lanchberry coming in, Miles Thompson is, is coming back. Um, so we've got a really strong right side as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll be a better offense this year, quite frankly. Uh, we weren't bad last year, but um, particularly on the power play, I think we suffered a little from previous years. And um, as you know, Miles is pretty darn good on the crease and the power play. So we're pretty excited to have him back. I don't even think I mentioned Steph LeBlanc in all of that. Yes. I mean, we've got a lot of lefties, a lot of competition, <laughs> yeah, huh? Yeah, that's unreal. <laughs> and Bomberry, while we're talking offense, I, you know, I, I, Lyle speaks for himself here, John. I think everybody knows what Lyle Thompson is all about. But the move for, for Bomber to, to come, you know, start his career out the back gate and then moved into a predominantly full-time offensive role, and and Brennan Bomberry did not disappoint. He just continued to get better and better as the year went along. He really did. And um, he's an awesome teammate. Um, I will tell you, too, that it's not just about scoring with him. He's a big body over there, and he likes actually getting guys open. And, um, and that's really important. So uh, we love Brendan, um, and he's a big part of our right side. Not to dig into your secrets too, too deep, but in past years, there were years in the draft where 
between you and Derek Keen in the first two rounds, I think you owned about half the draft. And, you know, it, it seems like a trade didn't go through Saskatchewan or Georgia without a first rounder coming back in some form. We've seen the last several years, and it's probably a combination of the success of both teams and, and also expansion, that these picks are not going the way, you know, they're not traveling like they used to. So when you need to supplement your team now, how do the tactics change or, you know, do you know, how does the thought process change now that GMs just don't want to give up these picks? Well, I'm not going to say that was a great question. Thank you. But Thank you very much. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I guess what Evan's trying to ask you, John, is where are you in the evolution of, of you know, building the roster, win now mode, somewhere in between? Yeah. So, well, it's win now. It's always, it's always win now. Um, and it was win now when I started doing this a number of years ago, there's, there's never a different goal than that. However, um, it is, it is getting harder to do what we did a number of years ago. Um, that's why I say this was a good question. I'm not sure a lot of people recognize that. Um, it is harder and harder to, to do what, uh, SAS and, and, and we did. Um, however, I would also say that everybody does this a little bit different. And if they didn't, then there would never be any trades. You know, there would never be the opportunity to own the first round of the draft. There would never be a, a great offensive player get traded to a team and put them over the top. There wouldn't be a free agent. So everybody does it a little bit different. And, uh, you know, I think even even though I would have to admit it's a little harder to do it the way that uh, we did it five years ago, it's there's there's still an opportunity there. I and mean, we got the, the second pick in the draft with Ryan Lanchberg. And um, it's not going to happen as often. Um, you know, very specifically, the year that we got Lyle, um, a lot of people maybe forget we got Chad Tutton that year. We got Randy Stotts that year. We got Jesse King that year. <laughs> And, um, you know, that that, that is probably crazy. is not going to happen again. No. But it doesn't mean that you can't pick up somebody like we picked up Brian Lanchbury with the second pick in the draft. Yeah. And again, it, it doesn't make one team's approach right and the other team's approach wrong. It's just what's best for you in your market and what you're trying to accomplish. But our goal is to build through the draft and supplement with some players that put us over the top. Uh, Mike Manley might be one of those guys that kind of puts you over the top on the defensive side of things. He's just obviously a big, you know, strong athlete in general. Is, is he a guy going into free agency that you were targeting or is he just a name that you kind of saw later on and then went after him? Um, I I think a little bit of both, honestly. Uh, you know, our, our guys, uh, know Mike Manley quite well and, um, we're, we're pointing out, um, you know, that he was a free agent to me before I can even look at the list. And uh, so we had a number of guys on our team close to Mike that really, you know, like his game and felt like he could he could really be a, an important part of our defense. The other side of it is until you get in there and really see what you're going to lose yourself, you don't know if you're going to have room for somebody like that. As it turned out, unfortunately, we lost Chad Cutton, who we love. Um, Chad's been a huge part of our team for a long period of time really sorry to lose him, but when that happened, then that Mike Manley idea became even more important for us. So we're really happy to to have Mike and excited to have him on our team. Here with John Arlotta, owner and general manager of the Georgia Swarm. And and while we're on the back end here, John, like I, I'm looking like, oh yeah, we forgot to mention Team Canada, Brian Cole, 
I don't know if he's, you know, going to go back to the back door now with what you got up front or not. But now I'm looking at, you know, the kind of the next wave that that's coming through here and the Hudson and Henrik and listen, Adam Wiedemann, who I think won defender of the year up here in the WLA was like, I didn't realize how good this guy was until I watched him in person on a nightly basis. John Adam Wiedemann for me might be one of the most underrated defenders in the national lacrosse league. Well, I agree with you, Jake, and and I felt that way. He was another one of our first-round draft picks. You know, I made a trade, and I got a pick, and, and I, I picked up Adam with that. And um, I, I have to tell you, he is, he's gotten better every year. And when I, I watched a lot of those games out west uh, that you were doing and uh, was really impressed with his game. However, the biggest thing is his leadership has really grown dramatically. You probably saw that. Yeah, out the there. compete He's, level too, John, is just off the charts. Like he just only yeah. has one speed, and yeah. it's a hundred miles yeah. an hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we love Adam, and uh, you know, he's he's a really important part of our team for a long period of time here. But back to to the younger guys here, and, and Henrik and Hudson, a chance to to you know, Case and Tarbell, another these guys now with a year under their belts here. You're looking for these guys to take another step forward in their progression as well. I'm sure. Well, for sure. Uh, yeah, Tarbo. Let's start with him. And no, no great surprise that he has um, elevated himself uh, over the couple of years. Unfortunately, he got caught in that year when we didn't play, so he lost a year. Um, but he certainly, you know, played enough in the summer that that he came along, and um, he and uh, Wiedemann, I'd say, are kind of leading the pack among those young guys for us in terms of what we think their capabilities are. Um, Henrik and Hudson are certainly next in line and, you know, two very different players. Um, you know, both of them really skilled. Henrik uh, really probably a future leader of our team. He's got that capability. And, um, you know, Hudson's a big body that, um, that you know, every team needs. So, you know, we, we just think that, the time that these guys got to play last year, yeah. uh, we had a lot of rookies on the back end. I think more than any team, maybe more than any team uh, overall, not just on the back end. And so the time that all those guys got to play, I really benefited them. And we're excited to have them come in and, and use that experience that they gained last year. One of the unique things about your schedule, we've been asking everybody something about their schedule, is that you've got four sets of back-to-back weekends against the same team this year mm. when you've got the same opponents back to back that many times how does it change the preparation well i actually think it makes it a little easier the only so much can happen in a week's time right <laughs> so uh preparing for them the the week the first time that we we play obviously we've got to do our work and be be ready for what that team does and looks like this year doesn't matter what they were doing last year, right? What are what are they doing this year? Uh, but then once you play them, uh, you've got a week to make adjustments. But there's probably not going to be a lot that's going to be different in that one week's time. Um, versus if you played them the first game of the year and then the last game of the year, that team could have evolved pretty significantly in that period of time. So I think it makes it a little bit easier. It also adds to uh, the the rivalry side of it. Uh, you know, you go in and you play uh, a tough game and you got a chance to go back. If you didn't win, 
and uh, do a little payback. And if you did win, you got a chance to take two on them. So um, I think it makes the rivalry side of this and the interest side of it for fans even greater. Do you think we'll see a little more of that as as our schedule evolves, John, is is maybe playing two home games in a weekend or that back-to-back against the same opponent or, you know what I mean, that sort of thing, maybe to cut down the cost a little bit in travel and, and to generate and create those rivalries within the division? It might be difficult to play them on the same weekend, Jake. Uh, but I do think, uh, and, and I don't, I can't say that the league did that on purpose. Uh, I think that they're mindful of travel expenses and maybe there are a few cases where they were able to make the schedule work that way. Um, because everybody knows travel expenses are even higher now because of fuel costs and so on. So I appreciate the fact that Brian uh, Lemon tries to do that. I'm not sure how easy it is for him to do it. It's hard enough doing the schedule overall. But two games on the same weekend becomes a little bit difficult in terms of in the same location, sure. uh, in terms of selling tickets. Yeah, so, yeah. you're right. Um, yeah. Um, last season, you guys kind of had a, a little bit of a slow start to the year. And then right around the halfway point, you guys really started to find your stride and then ended up with uh, a 500 record. How is, how is this season? It's kind of a simple question, but how is this season going to be different than last season was? Well, the 500 record isn't good enough for this team. Uh, and so, um, you know, do, doing that again, isn't going to be acceptable. And we all know that. The way it's going to be different is all the young guys now have all that experience under their belt. Again, I, I think this is true. You'd have to check me out, but I think we probably had the, the most rookies or second-year players uh, in our lineup of any team in the league, um, and yet we performed at a very high level. You know, we lose three, uh, three games by either one goal or overtime uh, to one team in one year. That was, that was kind of hard. And, um, you know, I, I don't see that happening again now that we have that experience. But all of a sudden, that 500 record goes to a lot better than 500 if we just take one of those games or two of those games. Right. So uh, I, I think it's going to be well, it's always a different year. We, we know that with our experience now with some of these younger players, uh, it'll be different for us from that perspective. On the offensive side, we've got to fit some new guys in, Lanchbury and Q. Uh, but both of those guys are really skilled offensive players. And I'll come back to Lanchbury here. He is a he's a pass-first guy that can score. Uh, I mean, he can do both. But, man, he sees guys on the floor. He sees the floor extremely well. Um, and it's something that'll help Lyle a lot. He won't have to carry the ball as much as uh, – he did last year. So I think, uh, you know, offensively will be a different team as well, but on the defensive side, that youth has got to grow up. now. And it's just such a fine line, John, of winning and losing in this league on a nightly basis, a goal here, a bounce there. And, and that's the difference between a win and a loss sometimes. And, and I think that gets lost on, on fans alike, uh, how, how fine that line is from winning and losing on, on any given night in this league. Well, it's it's easy to say, and you hear it in a lot of professional sports, uh, but it's hard to win. <laughs> it is hard to win. And I don't know if you guys would agree with this or not, 
I believe it's gotten even harder to win. Yeah. And and some people would have predicted with expansion and maybe some dilution of the teams that that it, it would have gotten easier for some teams. I don't believe that at all. I, I think it, it, in my observation, I, what I've been at this, I guess, 14 years now, 15 years, something like that, I'm losing count. But uh, I think it's harder to win today than it was when I first got into the league. Yeah. Uh, I think we have that many really good players and really good teams and, and go, good coaches and, you know, uh, good owners. And, and so I think it's harder than it was before. Your point is a really good one. It's just hard to win. And so, yeah, I think you're bang on there, John. Now, last one here for you, uh, training camp. I don't know if you guys are, are firing up this weekend or not, John, but I, I saw, we just uh, talked to Kurt previous to you. He's, he's taking his team to, to Aquasasne. With with a couple other teams, I caught wind uh, the swarm are, are heading to the motherland of Onondaga, where where Lyle and Miles are from. This can be a real expe- special experience, not only for them and that community, but but the swarm and and who else is going? Yeah, uh, Philly's going, so uh, it's going to be Philly and Georgia, and we're we're really excited about this. We we've planned a, a, a charity game, uh, and we've also planned to do some clinics uh, for the kids there. Um, and uh, our players are excited about it. The, you know, the opportunity to give back, uh, not just Lyle and Miles, but as you know, we have a lot of Native players on our team, um, but the Philly players are equally excited. Um, it's just going to be a great weekend. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to take my grandson up there so that he can really experience that. He's six years old and uh, yeah. a beast on the lacrosse field. Oh, so is that right? That. That's what the coaches tell me. Okay. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't seen it. Yet. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye out for uh, for young Arlotta. And what are we talking here? Like 2030, 2035, something like that for the NLL entry draft. Yeah. I'm just hoping to get there. Maybe I can get some first round picks maybe. <laughs> if anybody <laughs> can. If anybody it, yeah. can do it, it's you, John. Hey, listen, uh, we appreciate your time here on Lax Class. Best of luck with the upcoming Swarm season as always. Uh, Give my love to, to Bobby and Andy and say hi to me uh, for, for them, for me. And um, I'm sure we will talk again soon and uh, hopefully sooner than later. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. No, thank you, guys. Take care. All Look right. forward to seeing you. Bye-bye. You as well. There he is, owner, general manager of the Georgia Swarm in John Orlada. And, and I tell people this all the time. You know, whenever I'm having maybe a tough little spell in life where I'm, I'm kind of flip-flopping on a decision or something's weighing on my mind. That guy right there is, is the guy I pick up the phone and, and shoot a text to. And uh, he, more often than not, he calls me back almost immediately. And, and every single time you guys, I feel better about my outlook on life or whatever is going on for me to get to that point where I feel like I need to talk to John coming away from a conversation with him. I always feel better about things. And I don't know too many men in my life that, that can make me feel like that. And, and, uh, John is definitely one of them. He's, he's a very special man. I think back to a decade ago where everybody was cracking jokes about John Arlotta trading away every star he ever had. For draft picks, I might have been one of them, you know. Yeah, and I, and I even you know, said to him, Evan, you know, at, at one point when it was Banesh and Crawford mm-hmm. and Suter and Watt and yep. Kirk, and it just kept going. And I, and I said to him, I said, John, like sooner or later, like you need to stop doing this and start to 
to like develop these guys. And he just kind of looked at me. He's like, is that what I need to do, Jake? And I was like, well, uh, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not. But then, you know, there, there was championship in 27. The, the man knew yeah. exactly what he was doing. And the last several years, he's in a, been in a position where he's had a second round pick and he's got no ability to add another guy to his roster. And he's literally trading that pick for another pick, like a year or two down the road. Because he's got this arsenal of them. As I've been looking at it, it's like the next two years, he's got at least two picks in every round again. Yeah. Crazy. Craziness. Uh, the guy, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. All right. We got to get to break. We got the fourth quarter coming up here in EP207. Lax Glass Locks presented by Cool Bet is coming up next. Q4, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. What's up, guys? It's Jeremy Thompson here. You're listening to Black Slash, your go-to source for NLL and box Cross. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Fourth quarter action is a go. No more breaks here on the podcast. Jake Elliott, Tino Farah, Evan Schemenauer, and Associated Labels and Packaging with us here in quarter number four. AssociatedLP.com. Best in the business when it comes to labels and packages. What was I seeing on the website just the other day? Flexible packaging for frozen desserts. They got it. They got all sorts of different shrink sleeves, labels made with joy. They got about 100 different pages on their website alone of different packaging and label options for you. Hop on the website, associatedlp.com, where they focus on people, ethics, and quality. And, of course, family-owned down there in Coquitlam for over 40 years. Fourth quarter action means lax class locks. The streak is over! It's locked. When you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. I hereby declare lock of the week. Ooh, that's a big lock, all right. Here comes the money! Here we go, money talk. There it is, fellas. The money drop at the end of the Lax Class Locks intro. The streak is over. All thanks, praise, and uh, and and more where it is due here. Credit where credit is due. That's the phrase I'm looking for. Evan Schemenauer, solely responsible for last week's parlay. Even though it was much to my begrudging a three-game soccer parlay, I followed along to Evan's advice, and if you did too, you put some jumbo bucks in your pocket as all three games came through, Evan. It gave me renewed hope, yeah. and we ended the streak. We're, on, we're officially back on a heater. <laughs> yeah. And for somebody that said they were giving up on this for a while. I was down, <laughs> depressed, dejected, all sorts of D words. So, so you, said, you, you followed your advice to a T, which was, it was something you hated, so you should probably bet on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
I'm not sure where I want to go this week, Tino. Are you going back to – so Evan gets – because he was completely right, like I'm just going to let Evan roll with this. Why wouldn't I? Right but if we want to – you know, you took, a, you took a sick day there last week, so I don't know if you should get back in on it or not. I'm not going to let uh, you in. I'm going to say – I mean, like let's maybe just go I'll make like game. a little – I'll just game. make an individual bet for myself or I'm going to do like that. that too. I'm going to do yeah. that too. So but I'm also going to say – I think I put this in the group chat as well, like – Evan's head is getting a little big here. You notice he's throwing a few extra oh, chirps here and there. He's suddenly feeling so someone's got to shove him into a locker real quick or something. Let's just bring him back down. When I make money for the people, <laughs> yeah, you need to be quiet. I can't say shit. I can't say shit right now. I just got to let him just have it. Evan, if I'm if I'm near you in the future here, there better not be a locker near you too. Because you're going to south, Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tino, give me your. Are you going to east? What are you doing here? Uh, I'm going to go, uh, I mean, like it's a, it's a game going on, uh, uh, wait, actually stop. I was just going to say the Canucks game tonight. That doesn't make any no, sense. No, I can't do that. Can't do yeah. that. No, it doesn't make any sense. You, uh, you can, well, you could do that because it doesn't count. Oh yeah. It's just for myself. I guess that doesn't really matter. Nah, don't do it. Pick a game later in the week if you're going to do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's the day today? The 24th. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I'll do, I'll, is it fine if I just do one that's on tomorrow night? Sure. Is it, okay, cool. Yeah. I'll do that then. Are we are we still recording? Yeah, we're still recording, Tino. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> you just let me sit. Just let me sit in that. Cool. Okay, whatever. We'll go. Uh, I'm gonna go San Jose to beat Vegas tomorrow night. Plus one forty one. A little bit of a, a little bit of an underdog, but that's a rivalry that Ooh. goes back from uh, Vegas' first like year. In league, so. All the Vegas Desert Dogs fans. Listening into last oh class for the God. first time are absolutely going I swear to, to God, you. it's like it's like Evan's goal to have any whether it's the internet or a specific fan base, he wants everybody to try to pile on me. I swear to God, Evan, I'm gonna find a locker near you so fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what? Like I said, this is You're Vegas. This is their the first sh- time on the program. Sharks. You shouldn't be trashing Vegas. And the sharks are <laughs> awful. Like the sharks are awful. Too. Yeah, but they got some new unis this year. And they are looking fresh. Okay, so look good, play good, you feel good. You may stay in exile. That's right up there with Cloud Nine. I'm going back to CFL. I've had a little success uh, in the old Canadian Football League as of late. So let's stick in that lane. And final week of the regular season here. My British Columbia Lions are going to Winnipeg. And they're the dogs going into this one. Plus three and a half, minus 110. I think Nathan Rourke, extraordinaire quarterback, going to get some time, some snaps in this game. Winnipeg is going to rest a bunch of people. They can't move up or down in in the standings here. Taking BC Lions at plus three and a half, minus 110. Um, So that's my pick of the week. Evan... Your parlay, please. You going soccer again here? Is that what we're doing? Going all soccer. Although this one's going to pay a bit better than the last one, if it if it goes. Uh, Last week the teams were all between about minus two fifty and one eighty. They're not as not as uh, they're they're not as heavily favored this time around. But these are teams that everybody will know. So have some faith in it. We are taking. Yeah, why you're like Mag- German and, and Italian and English this is, accents here? This is, if you're no, 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 no. I am not going to disrespect any of the fine people from Europe on this one. Here we go. It is going to be Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid. 
It's going to be Barcelona to beat Valencia. Barcelona. And it is going to be Roma to beat Hellas Roma. this week. Oh, Roma. That's my dad's team. Okay. Yeah. So, see, now you got to get on this action, right? We don't have the odds from Cool Bet yet. I'm guessing they're going to be in the 450, 475 range. All right. So, I like it. Three more. But, so I okay, don't so like it. But what happens now if Evan loses here? Well, then I think we go back to square one and we each get a pick, I think. Regardless. So no punishment for Evan if he's wrong? I I broke the streak. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the head is getting Tino, bigger again, and I, bigger. I don't like it any more than you do. <laughs> this is the world Brad. we're living in right now. now we just I gotta, miss Brad. And if, and if I win two weeks in a row, you're really in trouble. <laughs> oh, my God. So one more time, Evan, give it to me. Roma, Barcelona, it, and Atletico Madrid. All correct. To, all to win. All right, there you go. There is this week's Lax Class Lock, courtesy of Cool Bet. Canada. Coolbet.com. Stay cool. Bet responsibly. If you're new to the podcast or if you have not signed up to Coolbet yet. Well, even if you have, you can still lay down the bet. But if you have not and you're like, Coolbet, what's this all? You can sign up to Coolbet. It takes like two minutes to create an account before you put in your first time deposit. Put up in that top corner, a little green button up there. Bonus code LAXCLASS. One word. Lax class, and what that'll do for you is it'll get you free money. This is a no-brainer to me. I, I Every week I say this, I cannot believe that every single person that is listening to this podcast is not doing this. Like, who does not like free money? Up to $200, they will match your first-time deposit. So if you put in 200 bucks, they're going to give you $200. Then they got once all... you're done that, go to the promotions tab. I mean, if, I know Jumbo, you're an NFL, CFL better. Yep. There's a nice little promo there for Tino. There's a nice little promo there for eSports. Uh, if you're an UFC guy, there's one there for you. Even a Champions League promo so go check them out i saw one today they had like the toronto special like the raptors and the leafs both to win like i'm not touching that but still yeah you the, know, they have daily like promos if you follow them on twitter or whatnot they post a whole bunch that their staff put together as well every day there yeah. you go coolbet.com bonus code lax class free money do it all right that is going to wrap up episode 207 thanks for joining us uh, thanks to John Arlotta and Sean Williams for coming by the podcast as well. Episode 208 will roll out next week. Kurt Styers from Halifax, Brad Self from Colorado, and El Jumbo from Cancun, Mexico. We'll look forward to that. Uh, appreciate everybody listening to our sponsors, of course, Stampede Tack, Cool Bet, Rycor, and Associated Labels and Packaging. We appreciate their continued support. Support our sponsors. That's how you keep this podcast going. Don't forget to subscribe and review the podcast wherever you may be doing that now. Google, Spotify, Apple. Hit that five-star review and uh, jot down a couple of words there as well. Don't forget to follow us on social media too. At Ferretino, at Shemlax, at PXP for Sports, at Lax Class. At Lacrosse Classified, Facebook, email lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. You should know all this by now, just in case you don't. Uh, but that's going to wrap up this one. For Evan Schemenauer and Tino Fair, I've been Jake Kelly for the fastest game on two feet. For the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.